Guardian Unlimited. Felipe Massa becomes the first driver to win two races this season. Lewis Hamilton finishes second and leads the World Championship. Fernando Alonso is lucky to finish third after a first corner clash with Massa. And Kimi Raikkonen retires. Those are the headlines from the Spanish Grand Prix. Hello and welcome to the Formula One show on Guardian Unlimited. This is Morris Hamilton of The Observer talking. And I've got, as usual, Ian Phillips with me, the Director of Business Affairs at Spiker. Ian, it's the fourth round of the championship. The battle continues up front between McLaren and Ferrari. In fact, it started at the very first corner where we had Felipe Massa leading off pole position, Fernando Alonso alongside in the McLaren Mercedes, running a little bit less fuel, we fancied, looking to make a getaway to try and get into the lead and make an early stop. He slipstreams Massa down to the first corner. He tries to run round the outside of the Ferrari as they go into the right hand or the two cars touch. Massa is okay, but it's Alonso who ends up with four wheels in the dirt, running wide at the corner and drops back to fourth. And effectively, that scotches his plans to try and win this race. And Massa keeps going, lucky in a way to do so. But blame being passed in either direction, as you might expect. And what was your reading of it all? Well, I think Alonso had to take a gamble. Really, the only way for him to win this race was to get in front of Massa sometime on the first lap. The first corner is the obvious place to do it. I'm sure he was running three or four laps lighter in, in terms of fuel. He needed to get in front of him and be able to run away. It was a risk. Was he close enough? Yes, I think he probably was. Is there enough room to do that at turn one? I guess the answer to that is no. And to be honest, over the years, I think we know that, that answer. But was there any alternative? I'm, I'm not sure that, that there was. He's not the sort of guy, particularly here in front of his, his home crowd, who, let's face it, were pretty passionate and they were here in vast, vast numbers. I think he had to take the gamble. It didn't come off and, of course, he went off into the dirt. He lost two places to uh, Hamilton and, and Raikkonen and then, of course, his tyres were dirty and, effectively, it was all over it at that point. And I think, to be fair, he's admitted that. At this stage in the season... Yes, I think it was worth the gamble. It, it would only come off probably one in ten times. It's just too tight there. And, if, and when you run off, it's got gravel. If it was one of, like one of the other circuits where you've got a tarmac runoff area, he'd have probably been able to, to get away with it and certainly not lost second place. He could have just kept his foot buried in and come out in front of the other two and he'd maybe have another chance. But it was it was all or nothing and it uh, it didn't come off but you know we're four races in Morris there's uh, 13 left to go he still picked up some points he finished on on the podium and he's not that far behind in the championship no indeed not now if you were Felipe Massa and you saw the McLaren running around the outside if you're trying to run around the outside of it you wouldn't have backed off either would you no absolutely not at all he was on pole position the the line was his he was in the correct place on the track and I guess really he knew that Alonso really wasn't going to get past the only thing that was going to happen was that they were going to have a massive collision and to be honest as I was watching it as it happened I thought that's what was going to happen but Massa held his nerve which again you know good for him because one or two people will be intimidated in that kind of situation. Momentally blink or think, oh, what am I going to do? And, it, and you know, you've lost it. You, you, you bang together and you're both in the dirt and probably out of the race. Uh, I thought Massa did very well. 
Now this uh, second, the second win in succession for Felipe Massa uh, moves him into third place in the championship. He's now beginning to build up his championship momentum after a bit of a shaky start to the season. But really, I think the lesson from here, Ian, is that that Ferrari seemed to have the legs of the McLaren. It had the pace all the way through in every sector of the race. Yeah, I thought Massa's pace, to be honest, was very impressive. The first 10, 12 laps or so, he, he really piled on the pressure. Once he knew that the car was all right, he put in some pretty stunning lap times. I mean, he was four to five tenths a lap quicker than the McLaren of Hamilton. And I think McLaren had nothing to offer, to be honest. Hamilton was driving well, but... Massa look, actually looked to be within himself too. I mean, he was putting in some, some stunning lap times, but I didn't at any stage think that he was really pushing himself to the limit. The car looked very good around the circuit, just about everywhere. And I think, you know, McLaren will probably be a little bit stunned by that kind of pace. And, and Massa himself, you know, shaky start, as you said, to the championship. But the boy is quick, Morris. He always has been quick. He lacked discipline. I thought he'd got it. Uh, last year I thought his his year with Michael Schumacher taught him a lot Australia and Malaysia seemed to make you think that perhaps he'd lost it all somewhere over the winter and I wondered actually whether the presence of the old maestro at Barcelona uh, this weekend Michael Schumacher whether he didn't have just a little quiet word with him because they're, they're quite pally I think and um, you know listen you can do this you've got the speed just be careful you know well, it's, it's interesting you say that, Ian, because just before the race, I bumped into Felipe Massa's engineer, uh, Rob Smedley, who you know I well, know from, well indeed, yeah. <laughs> from the Jordan team. And I was saying, how's it going? And he said, I tell you what, he said, you remember the pressure he was under at the last race in Bahrain because he'd screwed up in the one before that in Malaysia. Here he was in Poland, Bahrain. He knew if he made another mistake, he'd have had it. Now, we talked about this at the time. He, he actually stayed calm and he did a very, very good job. But he said, the Felipe Massa that I'm seeing here, race morning here in Barcelona, compared to the one like a cat and hot tin roof in Bahrain, totally different. He said he's ready, he's put that behind him, he's up for it. And that's a combination, the engineer and driver, that's working really well. Yes, it is. I, I have to say, Rob, you used to work uh, for us at Jordan. He's a young lad. He had two years on the test team at Ferrari after he left us. Very confident young man, but also very, very good actually uh, looking after the driver and his head. And, you know, his first race with Massa was at Nürburgring last year. I do remember going to talk to the pair of them actually on the front row at uh, Nürburgring. And, you know, Rob brings a sort of calmness about his drivers. And I thought, when he started with, with Massa last year, you started to see a maturing Felipe Massa. And, you know, a couple of aberrations in... Well, to be honest, in Australia, well, he made a mistake in qualifying and paid very heavily. He actually drove quite a good race, but he started at, at, at the back. Malaysia, again, it was a bit of a gamble, wasn't it, to try and get in front of, of Hamilton, the same sort of thing that Alonso did to, to him today. Now, is everybody going to say, well, Alonso's lost it, like we did about Massa in, uh, in Malaysia? I don't think so. At this stage of the season, everything's to play for. It's, it's worth taking a gamble, to be honest, and I think now everybody at Ferrari has forgiven Felipe for what happened in those first couple of races. And he will reflect that if he hadn't have made those mistakes, he would be a handsome leader of the World Championship right now. You're talking about the relationship between uh, Rob Smedley and, and uh, Felipe Massa. There. I'm wondering what Massa makes it when on the slowing down lap, Rob's on, on, the, on the radio saying to him, well done, sunshine. I don't, I don't know quite what the Brazilian translation of that is. <laughs> well, he understands sunshine, that's for sure. <laughs> Thank you.
So taking advantage of the little uh, contretemps between Massa and Alonso at the first corner comes Lewis Hamilton, who has already, by the time he's reached the first corner, he's got ahead of the Ferrari of Kimi Raikkonen, so he's already looking good, and he finds then another place into second place. As we were just saying, Massa and the Ferrari appeared to have the legs off the McLaren Mercedes, even allowing for the fact that Lewis Hamilton was carrying more fuel, running for more laps than Massa in the first phase of the race. It really, he really wasn't going to get on terms. But look, Ian, Again, another peerless performance from this youngster. He's the only guy now who has finished on the podium in all four races, and he's leading the World Championship. Incredible, age 22. Yeah, hell of, hell of an achievement, really. It's fantastic. And today, actually, I think, showed a real maturity in the guy. Great start, as you say. Lucky to profit from his, his teammate's mistake in the first corner. But he didn't go recklessly mad in trying I think he understood that the Ferrari was that much quicker I mean to be fair the first two or three laps I think he actually set the fastest laps and as we knew or were to later find out he got about four or five laps more fuel on than Massa had but I think Massa was just making sure his car was okay but he's leading the world championship as you say after four races but you build world championships and you know okay you know, after four or five laps, when, when Massa's up to speed, you, you're not going to match him for speed this weekend. But second place is very handy in terms of championship points. And, you know, Mr. Consistency. I mean, could you ever say that about a rookie? Mr. Consistency? Three second places and one third places in your first four races, and you're going to Monte Carlo as leader of the world championship I mean how great is that well exactly I mean we'll come to that towards the end because Monte Carlo is actually a favourite place of Lewis Hamilton's but we'll say we'll come to that but for the moment there he is finishing second as I say on the podium for the fourth time Fernando Alonso squeaks onto the podium A because of the incident at the first corner and also lucky in a way because Kimi Raikkonen had been ahead of him once Alonso rejoined he's behind the Ferrari of Raikkonen and then Raikkonen drops out after nine laps with uh, as far as we understand electrical trouble uh, typical Kimi he was gone before the race had finished but as he left he mumbled something about the same problem as before and I don't know him having, of him having an electrical problem in the race it must have been something that happened in testing but here's an interesting thing the momentum within Ferrari is starting to slip away a little bit from Raikkonen and heading towards uh, Massa well, you know, Ferrari want to win the championship for sure because, you know, they they want to put the Schumacher-Braun era behind them and show that a new team of people can do the job. And, you know, Massa is delivering. He's he's won two races. You know, they've got, they've got to back the man that's going to win a championship. You know, Raikkonen will find that, you know, if, if a call has got to be made by the team, you know, we're not allowed team orders, but, you know, that instructions can be given in one way or another if a championship has got to be won right now his teammate is in is in pole position he's the man that really has got to be given the advantage if there is one to be given Finishing fourth, the BMW, BMW again being very consistent, the team behind McLaren and Ferrari, if you like, the third best team, if you want to call it that. Robert Kubica finished fourth, a very solid performance, I think, Ian, all weekend because he was fifth in the grid. He out-qualified his teammate Nick Heidfeld and just, I didn't see him make any mistakes, brought the car home. He should be pleased with that. Yeah, very good performance. I think people were wondering a little bit in the first two or three races if he wasn't just a bit of a flash in the pan uh, last year. But of course, you've got to remember, he was going to Australia, Malaysia, Bahrain for the first time in a, in a Formula One car. Nick 
Heidfeld, his teammate, has been there a few times before. He's back on familiar territory now. He was quicker than Heidfeld all weekend. And, you know, BMW are very definitely the third best team. They're actually not within touching distance, realistically, of Ferrari and McLaren at the moment. But, you know, as a, as a team, as a unit, I think they've done extremely well. They took over the Sauber team 18 months ago. Well, they started at the beginning of last year in, in, in their own right. And, you know, I think overall they've done a really super job. And I think in Kubica they've got a man that's uh, growing in stature really all the time. He's very quiet, just just gets on, on with the job. And he'll be very pleased to have outpaced uh, Heidfeld throughout the weekend. Well, actually, yes. The only thing I think that BMW have to worry about, Ian, is that Heidfeld actually retired with gearbox trouble. And if you remember, during the winter testing, that was the one thing that was going wrong, and they were worried about that at BMW. It hadn't raised its head during the previous three races, but now it has. So I guess that's a bit of a concern. And when things go wrong for you, don't they ever go wrong? Because poor old Heidfeld tries to leave the pits a bit early. He's waved out a bit early before the guy on the right front has finished putting the wheel nut on, and uh, that comes off, so he has to totter back to the pits. He's lucky he made it, actually. Back to the pits but he was eventually to retire. So there's that run of three fourth places for Heidfeld, now gone, that's his first non-finish. But I think the overall lesson of this is that BMW, again, forced to be reckoned with, definitely the third best team of the moment. Finishing fifth, sixth and seventh, David Coulthard, the old campaigner, if you like, in the Red Bull. Behind him, Nico Rosberg catching him because Coulthard was struggling with gearbox trouble in the final few laps. Rosberg in the Williams. And Heike Kovalainen finally getting a good race under his belt after a pretty difficult start for the round driver. He actually did a very good job. He was hampered, in a way, by the Renault team having fuel problems with the rigs on both cars actually both cars had to make extra stops so Kovalainen will be pleased to get more points to, and he, his lap times were good I was impressed by his lap times but again here's the despite David Coulthard finishing fifth if you look at the overall order here it's the new young bloods coming through in Yes, it, it is. I mean, we, we, we've got to say a few words for the grand old man, D, DC. I have to say, I mean, that Red Bull car, when it holds together, does show some speed, certainly in, uh, in David's hands. And, you know, he's been pretty quick all, all weekend. The, the gearbox is obviously in Achilles' heel. Weber went out and the two copycat cars that are run by Toro Rosso all, also went out. So it's a pretty unreliable piece of machinery at the moment. But, you know, David hung on in there and did a solid job on what he's actually paid to do. You know, I think they'll be wanting to run a two-car team at uh, some stage or another because it never seems to be him and Weber together. And, you know, DC's holding it together. But, you know, well, well done to him. A good, solid performance. The sort of performance you expect from David, to be honest. But as I was four weeks ago in Bahrain, but all season, I've been massively impressed with Nico Rosberg in the Williams. I think he did a fantastic job yet again this weekend. The guy, to be honest, you know, I thought he had a problem last year that he didn't really have a teammate in, in Mark Webber. Webber was quick in, in qualifying, was nowhere in the race. And Nico's in the same boat this year. Wurtz is, is absolutely uh, absolutely nowhere and he is carrying the team, I think actually quite, quite magnificently. Frank, to be honest, was very lucky to have him because otherwise, you know, he'd be scrapping down at the bottom end of uh, the Constructors' Championship, which he wouldn't be very, very happy with. But also, as you say, Kovalainen actually came alive this weekend. Again, perhaps we were a bit harsh on him in the first three races, but he, he genuinely did look a little bit lost. But again, he's, he's back here on familiar territory. He's tested here a, a lot in, in Barcelona, knew what he was doing. 
actually pretty much pulverised his teammate Giancarlo Fisichella throughout the weekend. I thought Fisichella had a pretty appalling weekend and for a man that's expecting to have his contract renewed sometime in the next six weeks, if I was him I'd start looking somewhere else. And the final point here in Barcelona went to Takuma Sato. It's the first point ever for Super Aguri. Uh, consistency paying there. In fact, though, Sato was helped a little bit by Fisichella in the Renault, who finished ninth, having to make a late pit stop because of the fuel rig problems I was telling you about earlier. He did chase down Sato to hope to force him into a mistake. It didn't come. Sato and the team over the moon, but getting a championship point under their belt. Then we had the Hondas of Barrichello and Button finishing 10th and 12th sandwiching Anthony Davidson. The Hondas still struggling, not getting anywhere, and adding to their problems by colliding with each other as Jensen Button leaves the pits after a stop and Barrichello wipes his nose off, if you please, so uh, Button has to make an extra pit stop. Bringing up the final runners, Ian, we've got uh, Adrian Suttle and Christian Albers. Two finishes for you. That's good news in many ways. Yeah, actually, it's fantastic. I mean, it's not often you celebrate 13th and 14th place, but it actually moves us up to 10th place in the Constructors' Championship and therefore into the uh, very large end-of-season divvy-up. So we got there because neither of the two Toro Rosso cars finished. They were ahead of us by one 14th place, and we've now got a 13th and another 14th. And, you know, it's, it's worth double-digit millions to us at the end of the year if we can hang on to that. So, you know, it won't be of interest to a lot of people, but I... I can tell you what, down this end of the paddock, it's mighty important. <laughs> That's the voice of uh, Ian Phillips, the Director of Business Affairs at Spiker, as you may have guessed. And this is Morris Hamilton speaking here as we just finally run through the bottom of the results sheet, if you like, at the round four of the World Championship, the Spanish Grand Prix. Nick Heidfeld retired, Ralph Schumacher was an early retirement in and out of the pits, actually, bringing to an end a disappointing day for Toyota because Jarno truly sixth in the grid. He had fuel pressure problems on the grid. That meant that they had to abort the first start, do another parade lap. He had to go to the back of the grid, truly. He was looking to get into the top six, get more points for the team. He, he eventually actually retired with the same fuel pressure problem. And we had a retirement, as we were saying, from Mark Weber. Kimi Raikkonen, we know about, went out with electrical trouble. Scott Speed, his tyre lost pressure. That's why it had a fairly spectacular failure coming down the main street. He was lucky, actually, not to crash in a big way. He managed to pull to one side when the left rear tyre disintegrated. Alexander Wurtz and the other Williams had a collision on the first lap, triggered, I think, by Giancarlo Fisichella running wide at one corner, coming back on, and there was a bit of a bottleneck behind him, one car into another, and that was that. So there you have it. That is the fourth round of the championship, the Spanish Grand Prix here at Barcelona. Lewis Hamilton now leads the championship by 30 points from Fernando Alonso, who finished third on 28. Felipe Massa is on 27. Raikkonen, who retired, is on 22. The next round is the Monaco Grand Prix in two weeks' time. That is a favourite circuit, as we were saying earlier, of Lewis Hamilton. Every time he's raced there, he's won. And he is talking seriously about winning the Monaco Grand Prix round five of the World Championship. To find out if he does it, join us then, the Formula One show on Guardian Unlimited. But for now, this is Morris Hamilton saying, keep the revs up and safe motoring. Cheerio. Guardian Unlimited.